Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DeGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have, they also have, finish, if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How-to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. lovers and welcome to the show for today's podcast i actually have a little bit of movie news that broke out during the week and also too there's something some things i actually want to address too this is just me cleaning houses a little bit and then we'll get into our movie news topics as well as tv news topics okay so you know with halloween being over with i decided to do something a little bit more lightheartedness and that is talk about comedies so Rossi McCree and I actually did our top 10 comedy movies. You can actually find that on the podcast. Another thing though too is we actually did, as a matter of fact, Mike Perkins and I actually did a Swingers review. You can catch that. We did a Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead review. That's actually on the podcast as well. And coming up, I think on Monday, Quentin Bennett is going to be back and we're going to be doing a Weekend at Burning's movie review. So we're only going to do maybe about maybe two or three more comedy reviews and then we're going to move into some gangster films. And you know what? I want to incorporate you guys into the show. And the way that I want to do this is send us a voicemail message of what your top five gangster films are. And then guess what? Your voice will be heard on the podcast. So if you guys can, go ahead, leave us a voicemail message on your top five gangster movies and we'll go ahead and talk about it. And also too, another thing that I also want to mention that Audible is now one of our sponsors. So if you guys can't subscribe to the trial below in the description notes and you'll be able to subscribe, subscribe to them. So with further ado, let's go on ahead and get into the news, shall we? So Wonder Woman 1984 is actually going to be released on HBO Max. Matt Megelson denies Grindelwald's casting rumors and Scream 5 wraps filming production. Another thing too is we actually have a little bit of more of an insight on the whole entire Dexter news that's been that's been going around and we actually have a little bit of maybe the plot line of what season five 
well not season five but season eight of dexter is gonna look like so let's let's go on ahead and talk about wonder woman 1984 and then we'll get into the other three topics and by the way there is going to be a question that i'm going to be answering towards the end of the show that was sent in by Crichton hobbs my best my good friend who's an independent um film director so we're going to go on ahead and answer his question and then after that that's going to be the end of the show so anyways wonder woman 1984 will be released on hbo max on december 25th which is actually the theatrical release that they were actually going to release it on and then get this it's actually going to be released in limited theaters overseas like i said for a limited time after a month of it being on HBO Max, it's taken off of HBO Max. So you have a month to actually watch Wonder Woman 84. Then after a month, it's gone. So my speculation is this. Maybe after HBO Max is over, after its run with HBO Max is over with, maybe they re-release it into the theaters in the US, depending on how the pandemic is actually doing. Because right now, the numbers are rising, people are dying, and there's no containment containment whenever it comes down to this virus it we haven't even slightened the curve at all when it comes down to the united states numbers if you actually look at it and that's also the key factor here is how long do we have to keep on prolonging movie release dates how long do we have to keep on switching the release dates and things like that and my thought process is this i feel like hbo max actually did the right thing versus what disney plus did because Disney Plus wanted to grab on to the money as much as they can. They wanted that yen. They wanted that money. And what better way to do it than to go ahead and charge you $20 a pop for streaming Mulan. And not only that, but you don't even get to keep Mulan or anything like that on their streaming service or anything like that. And you would have to go back and rent it again for another $20. As a matter of fact, that's actually part of their premium service that they actually have for Disney Plus. I feel like HBO Max actually knows what they're doing and I like the fact the thought process here. Okay, so we can't make money. They all they already know that they can't make money off of doing uh Wonder Woman 84 with HBO Max. They know that they need the money and the help of the overseas box office. Not only do they need the help of the overseas box office, they also need the help of the United States box office as well. So basically for a limited time overseas, it makes a little bit of money, but not enough to probably even make its budget back. But hopefully they'll go ahead, they'll re-release it again during the summertime or something like that for a limited release. And it can gain some momentum. It can gain some of its money back and its budget back for that. Another thing too is that I also want to mention is just because Patty Jenkins said, oh no, we're here for the movie theaters. It's actually going to be shown in the movie theaters. We're going to show horn this in is we have nothing to worry about with the movie theaters it just goes to show you just because she's a director it does not mean that she has and knows what an, a studio executive has in their head and the process of how they actually want to do business and because of that you know you can't always bank on the director has some leeway or anything like that on how executives actually think and you know i just feel like this you do not go ahead and say oh yeah it's going to be released in theaters and basically you're telling the executives what to do patty jenkins is just an employee that works for warner brothers and she believed in her heart that wonder woman 84 was actually going to be released 
in theaters. And now it doesn't look that way or anything like that. And like I said, in order for us to actually have movies back in the theaters, we need to get our numbers down. We need to slighten that curve. And the more that this virus is not contained, the worse it's going to get. And because the worse it's going to get, it doesn't look good for the movie theaters in general. Because that will actually put the movie theaters going out of business and also gives more leeway towards streaming services to be able to show us theatrical, theatrical movies rather than us going out and see them and celebrate them with other fellow film fans. And that saddens me because of the fact that I love going to the movie theaters. There is nothing like going to the movie theaters with your friends or your girlfriend or anywhere and having that movie theater experience in a movie theater. Don't get me wrong. You can actually have, you know, the best surround system, the best TV and things like that. You can pause it whenever you want to, but there's just something about sharing the experience with other people that you don't know. And walking out of the theater and having a conversation with people about what the, what you guys just witnessed. And, you know, that's something that I'm going to miss if they actually go down this route that they're going on. And it's not the movie theater's fault. It's not the studio executive's fault on how they're thinking. This is just a business level of thinking. Because don't forget, this is a billion dollar industry and they actually want their movies to succeed, but in order for them to succeed, they have to actually have to make money. And because they have to make money, that's why they actually have to charge you about twenty dollars to actually make um to actually go ahead and for you to rent a certain movie on a streaming service. Now, I have to say this. Disney was greedy for money whenever they did that with Mulan. They could have went on ahead and do what HBO Max is doing. Because I feel like they could have actually banked on the overseas box office and then go into the United States box office for a limited time if we actually had that contained and everything. But charging a premium and doing two different premiums is not the right way to go. As a matter of fact, you could also probably use it on Disney Plus for about a month. Put Mulan at free for a month on Disney Plus. See how this virus is doing. And then if it's still not being contained, you can probably put it back on as a premium or whatever, how much you actually want to charge and do it that way. But, you know, I know that my thought process has changed a little bit over the months because I said, well, you're paying for the same amount of money as you would if you went to a movie theater, if you actually think about it, because uh, basically you're actually saving a little bit of money because that, when you fill up your car, you're spending at least $20 to fill up your car. Then after that, that's just me using an example if you have a smaller car or whatever gas prices might be. And then after that, you have to pay for dinner. Then after that, popcorn. Before you know it, you're spending over the amount of money, which is why people would probably want to go ahead and rent certain movies for $20. But I'm looking at it from a different angle and different standpoint now than I did a couple of months back because here's the thing. I know that I might sound kind of hypocritical towards that, but, you know, I have a right to change my mind, especially when certain facts are actually on the table now. And this virus is not being contained. It's not, and it's actually increasing in numbers. And because of the fact that um, studios are actually losing money, and because studios are losing money, we're probably not going to get any quality movies or anything like that if they continue to lose money. So is either we go ahead and 
go ahead and rent these movies or uh, rent these movies for what they want and make a little bit of money back from them, or we just go ahead and let the movie industry just die. And if you're not growing, you're dying. So that's just my whole philosophy on that. But you know, I want Wonder Woman '84 to be in the theater so bad so I can actually have that experience with other movie uh, geeks and stuff like that too. Because I'm a huge comic book fan. I love Wonder Woman. I love the very first Wonder Woman. As a matter of fact, Wonder Meg was actually on the show. And her and I actually did a Wonder Woman review that you can actually listen to on the podcast that we did uh, back in July. But it just saddens me that with this virus not being contained, that we're not going to actually get to have that many movies. And how? And you actually have to wonder, how much are we actually... When, when is this virus going to be contained? And also, too, you have to wonder, of course, what's going to happen if it's not contained? What do we do about that? And then also, too, you have another side of the spectrum, too, where they're saying, oh, uh, we're still dedicated towards theaters. And to me, that's that's not true. They're actually trying to put a Band-Aid on it and call it something else. They're actually trying to find another way to actually, for you guys, for us to stream movies for a limited time. And then after that, may, um, probably go to a limited streaming service. Or you might actually have to rent the movie rather than just watch it on HBO Max for free. But that's just me um, actually speculating a little bit. Tell me what you guys think. Just because I'm speculating, just because these are my opinions, does not mean that I'm correct. On what I'm saying. This is pure speculation on what I think. And I would like to actually know what you guys have to say about that. So let's go on ahead and get into Mads Mikkelsen uh, denying Grindelwald's casting rumors. So I was actually going to type up the report about Mads Mikkelsen being cast for The Crimes of Grindelwald. For the third installment of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them after the allegations with Johnny Depp. Uh, where he actually was let go from Warner Brothers, and now they're trying to look for a replacement to replace Johnny Depp. And, you know, my first initial thought was, okay, I love the casting choice of Mads Mikkelsen. I love that choice. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let that sit for a little bit. I like the casting choice, but how much of this is actually true? And how much is this not true? Sometimes you actually have to just ask yourself some questions before you actually say, oh, he's not going to be good for the part. Or this actor is not suitable for that character or whatever. Hogwash. Sometimes it's best just to go ahead and let it manorate a little bit. Give it some time. Maybe two or three days. Maybe some news might actually break out that maybe it was just a rumor and that's exactly what happened. Matt Mickelson just said, hey, look, it's a rumor. I don't know anything about it or anything like that. I'm still waiting on a phone call from my agent. I'm just I'm just paraphrasing. But as of right now, it's not true. Now, some people would speculate at the fact that maybe he's just keeping things hushed. Maybe he's still in negotiations with Warner Brothers, with the franchise of the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them for the third movie. Maybe that's what's going on. But there's no factual information on for sure if that's what's going on or not. But 
here's the thing. I like Mads Mikkelsen. I liked him in Hannibal. I liked him in Doctor Strange. He can probably bring a level to Grindelwald that we haven't seen before versus how Johnny Depp was playing him. Don't get me wrong. I love Johnny Depp. I love his acting abilities and stuff like that. But, you know, I think Mads Mikkelsen will actually add a little bit more um, flavor to Grindelwald's character and give him some layers that hasn't been fleshed out that Johnny Depp didn't think about fleshing out before. But that's just my way of thinking because here's the thing. I don't care what whose side you're on or anything like that when it comes down to stuff like that. With the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard situation and things, you know, it is what it is. He was let go. So now they have to try and probably find a replacement. If they can find a replacement, if not, they might actually have to just rewrite him out of the script if nobody wants the part. Or... I don't think that they're going to go ahead and re-sign Johnny after what happened. And I don't think Johnny would actually want to sign back up with Warner Brothers after being let go. But I feel like Mads Mikkelsen's actually a good actor. I think he can actually bring a level to Grindelwald that we wanted to see from Johnny Depp that we didn't probably get to see from Johnny Depp. But we're just going to have to wait and see on how that actually plays out later on if we can actually get some more information if Mads Mikkelsen is going to be Grindelwald. So, let's go on ahead and go into Scream 5 wrapping up filming. So, here's the deal. I love the first two Scream movies. The third one, not so much. I liked aspects of it. The fourth one, I definitely didn't care for. I understand what they were trying to go for. They were trying to introduce uh, people into the world of Scream in a 2014 culture it, it just didn't work for me. I just didn't really like it. But for some reason, with the way they're doing things with Scream 5, and yes, it's supposed to be a reboot and stuff like that, but you have David Arquette back in it. You have Courtney Cox back in it. You have Nave Campbell back in it. And I'm, I'm wondering, and you can't help but speculate, maybe there might be some people from the first movie that we might have not gotten to, uh, like Matt Lloyd. For example, you know, I would love to actually see him back again in um, another Scream franchise. And, you know, I liked, the, like I said, I liked the very first Scream movie. I thought it was really good. It was an original um, movie that Wes Craven thought of. And it did very well. I remember going to the movie theaters to see the very first Scream movie. And I'm rooting for this to actually be successful and everything. And so it's not Lloyd. I just want to apologize for butchering Matthew Lillard's uh, name, but it's not Lloyd. It's Matthew Lillard. And I'm hoping that maybe Matthew Lillard is actually on a revenge plot against um, Nev Campbell's character, because I feel like, you know, that would be a best way to actually incorporate him back into this world. But also, too, since this is a reboot, we could probably see a whole set of new rules that we never even thought of since this is actually a reboot. Does this also change the game for Cindy and everything, too? Does she actually live since it's a reboot? What's the reboot rules compared to what it was like in the original 1996 film or any of the other rules that they actually have played out? So there's that little mystery aspect of how are the rules being played out in this uh, in this movie. I know some people may not care about the Scream fan franchise and wish that it would just die out. And for me, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette movie again with the original cast members because I had a good time with the very first 
uh, Scream movie. I had a very good time with the second one. The third and fourth, not so much, even though Courtney Cox and David Arquette reprised their roles again. But I just, for this, I feel like they gave us some time to actually think of some ideas that they could pro- that they thought in the creative room. And they're like, you know what? Maybe we can actually do a story here to where uh, we can actually do a fifth installment of Scream 5. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm hoping that we actually get something new, something original, something fresh that we haven't seen from the Scream franchise. But, you know, I think that this is the right way to go about it, is to go on ahead and reboot this franchise after so many uh, years of since the last one, even though we actually got... Uh, the MTV series of it, you know, I feel like now is the right time to actually reboot uh, Scream 5. But tell me what you guys think about that. Do you Are you guys excited about a new Scream movie from right now? Or do you feel like it's too little, too late, it's past its time, it served its purpose back in 96, it served its purpose since the last, uh, with Scream 5, uh, Scream 4? Tell me what you guys think about that. So... Dexter season nine is going to be coming out, and so here's the thing: nobody liked the season finale of Dexter. I didn't even like the season finale of Dexter and the way it had ended. Even though there's a little bit of Easter egg in there, and one of the seasons where he said, tells this ask the serial killer John Blackhouse character he said what am i supposed to do move to oregon become a lumberjack and change my name and lo and behold that's actually what uh set that's actually how season eight actually ended now with season nine i was wondering what was actually going to happen to dexter what how and if he's actually going to see his son again in argentina and things like that. So I went on ahead. I decided to do some research on this because after making the announcement with Frenchie the other night or a couple of days ago that Dexter is going to be on Showtime again for a limited time and this time it's going to be on be a season nine. It's not going to be a reboot. Nothing in this whole entire series is going to uh, undo what happened in season eight. And... Also, too, the last time we actually see Dexter, he was actually going into the eye of the storm of, the, of a hurricane, of Hurricane Laura, and then he winds up moving to Oregon. And then, of course, you actually see uh, his son and the crazy girlfriend that Dexter has is in Argentina. So I call that ending the Batman, uh, the Batman, the Dark Knight Rises ending because it actually has that kind of flavor to it because of the way that it ended because of the fact that Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle winds up in another country and they're together and then of course you see Alfred sitting at the table Alfred sees them together and he gets up and smiles and this is actually that kind of same scenario where you actually have uh the son of Dexter and also the girlfriend of Dexter in Argentina and that's actually how it actually ends. So I call it the Batman The Dark Knight Rises ending whenever it comes down to the season finale, even though Dexter's be- busy being a lumberjack in, or- in Oregon. But, you know, you can't help but love this show. I love the idea of a forensics person trying to put an end to evil whenever it comes down to serial killers and punishing people for the crimes that they've done. 
I actually like that aspect to it. And matter of fact, it's actually based off of a couple of books. I actually read the first book. The first book actually covers the first season really well. And I actually have to say that there might be a slight difference in the way the ending of the book is compared to the TV show. But other than that, there is a lot of similarities to the first season with the first book. But anyways, let's go on ahead and talk, let me tell you what I actually dug up. Uh, the tease of how Dexter's Season 9 will continue Dexter's Morgan story, like I mentioned, it could be revealing. For starters, it is now confirmed that Dexter has yet to be found by the government and continues to evade capture. But the tease that he's in a world from away from Miami could be telling too. This could be reference to Dex Dexter continuing to live his life quietly in Oregon or some other remote corner of America. However, it's worth remembering that Dexter's son, Harrison, and love interest, Hannah McKay, fled to Argentina at the end of the series. And I believe um, maybe he reunited with them after 10 years out and everything. Because after 10 years, if you actually think about it, maybe the FBI is not really uh, looking for him as much as they intend to be looking for him, even though they do have people in the departments to actually investigate. Maybe they kind of took like a little backward sliding a little bit to trying to find him. But at the same time, too, you actually have to wonder if he's actually going to be in Argentina or if he's going to be in Canada or somewhere a lot further away from the United States than what we thought. But anyways, like I said, I like the idea that it's going to be set 10 years after because there's a lot that you can actually do with that. You can digest a lot with, with it being within the 10 years radius after him going into the storm and, of course, uh, him faking his death. But, you know, I think that they can actually go about it to where he's, uh, where they actually, sh I hope they actually do this. I hope they actually show him running from the FBI and him having to go through different countries. Even if it's not, like, I'm just hoping that maybe it's just like a little flash here and there with some editing of all the passports he actually has to go through. And then finally he winds up in some country to where he can actually feel like that he can settle down a little bit. To where he can let his guard down just a tiny bit. And maybe do some serial killing there if he has to. I hope it's not going to be like a whole season where he's just running from the FBI or anything like that. Because I feel like that would actually be a little boring. As long as it's there to amplify the plot line of who Dexter is. I'm okay with this being a limited series. I'm okay with Dexter coming back. Michael C. Hall is definitely a great actor, and he gave Dexter a lot of layers to play around with. Um, like I said, I, like I said and everything too, uh, however Dexter Season 9 plays out, there will undoubtedly be great interest in seeing a second finale for the show. Phillips briefly said this, that what comes next won't recon anything that came before, like I said. If you saw him kill Deborah, Deborah is now dead. If you saw him going into the storm, that actually happened. There's nothing that's going to rectify the fact that, you know, that that didn't happen. So there's that. And then there's going to be twists like it all being a, of, or features twists like it all being a dream. So it'll be fascinating to see how it, go, how he goes about improving Dexter's ending. The rival uh, won't uh, manage to erase the later rough seasons, but 
If season nine does deliver a worthwhile conclusion, it could soften the response to them in any case. Uh, more information on Dexter season nine is sure to arrive in the next several months and could clarify the direction that the show will take. So that was my thought process on that whole entire thing. I feel like, I feel like this. I wanted them to end it where basically his sister is going to kill Dexter for everything that he's done. And because he cannot be contained. And therefore, she has to go ahead and put an end to her brother with his killing. So, basically, it's just Dexter on the table reminiscing about all the people that he killed, admitting to all the crimes that he's done, while Deborah is over there getting ready to kill him. And that's what I wanted to see from all the other seasons was something that led up to that point. It would be, to me, I thought it would be an interesting, good plot twist whenever it came down to it, but they didn't execute that. They didn't do anything with that. And that makes me kind of sad that, you know, we got that last lackluster ending of a show versus how they could have actually amplified it a little bit better to actually end it. To me, some season finales are good. Some season finales are bad. It's just the way they actually do it. Or some final seasons are bad and some final seasons are good. Sons of Anarchy is a perfect example of a good season, um, of a perfect show ending. You also have, of course, The Shield, that the way that ended is a good ending. And also, too, Breaking Bad is also another good final season on the way that ended. And that's pretty much the three shows that I have in mind that ended perfectly well. Dexter could have ended on that high point, but it failed to deliver, and I'm glad that they're actually doing a limited series this time. And, you're, of course, you also have the original writers coming back, and everybody's coming back for this limited series, so that actually makes me happy in a way, but also kind of frightened as well, like Frenchie said. So, let's go on ahead and talk about something else real quick. So, I know I mentioned Wonder Woman 84 being pushed back and everything, but I forgot to mention about Black Widow. And... The reason why I want to talk about Black Widow is this. I'm wondering if Black Widow is actually going to get the streaming service that Mulan got, even though they're going to lose money if they go ahead and go down that route with doing a Black Widow movie through the streaming service. But to me, if they actually learn from their mistakes from Mulan, if they actually copy the formula that HBO Max just did with Wonder Woman, I'm looking at you, Disney+, Plus. Maybe you can actually release it for a limited time overseas, let it make a little bit of money, see where the pandemic is at after you release it overseas. And of course, you can also release it digitally for a month. After a month, you can take it off and then you can see the statistics and the analytics of where this virus is actually at. Once you actually see maybe it might be contained or maybe the curve is actually being uh, dampered a little bit, maybe you can actually release it in wide release if theaters are still around during that time because the longer that we wait, the longer that this virus is out there, it's going to be bad for movie theaters in general. But anyways, my friend Crichton Hobbs actually wrote into the show and he was wondering if we might actually get to see any form of Jedi inside Mandalorian Season 2, and who would I like to see 
uh, come into the show if Jedi's are actually uh, going to be a part of the part of a thing for season two. So here's the thing. All right. So I gave it some thought with this question, and don't forget we. And everybody's always been wondering about this. And this is just pure speculation. This is just me speculating. There's no 100% guarantee this is what it is. So do not put that on the wall saying, John said blah, blah, blah about Jedis. Okay? So this is just speculation, not fact, just speculation. So I'm thinking because of the fact that nobody has really heard of Jedi's or anything like that within this season, and they're part of being a myth, and you know what they say about things that are being a myth, sometimes myths are actually something that are actually true. So what I'm thinking is some planets actually know what Jedi's are because they actually seen Jedi's, but then you also have planets that are thinking that it's myth mythological beings that there's no such thing as Jedi's, and that might be just good bedtime stories just to tell their younglings about Jedi's because they haven't seen a Jedi. They have not experienced a Jedi. They don't know anything about Jedi's. So that's one part of my thinking on that, or two parts of my thinking on that aspect. Now, as for Jedi's, would I like to actually see them in the show? To me, The Mandalorian sells it alone as a Mandalorian show, but do would I want to see a Mandalorian versus a Jedi? Yeah. I would actually watch a Disney Plus program with a Mandalorian fighting up against a Jedi. I would definitely like to see that. I wouldn't mind also maybe uh, seeing a Mandalorian trying to get um, an ancient artifact that's supposed to be um, su supposed to be something uh, from another planet or whatever and he doesn't even know what it's what it is but it's actually something that is part of the dark side and he has no clue that is part of the dark side and therefore you actually have a jedi that is after that same artifact and therefore you have this war against one of the jedis because he's trying to protect it and then the mandalorian thinks that he's right in his own right because he has to bring it back to the person so he can clout that bounty so you have two people that think that they're right and the people that think that they're right is the most dangerous people that you can actually think of even though they could actually be right in their own uh, merit. But as for who I want, I don't know who I would want during this timeline or anything like that to be honest with you. But would I want to see a fight? Yes, I do. Would I want to see a Jedi in this Mandalorian season two? Hell yeah, give me that. I'll eat that shit up all day long. Give me a Mandalorian uh, fighting a Jedi. I'll definitely be glad to check that out and everything. So that's just my thought process on on that. I hope you guys actually enjoy this show and everything. As a matter of fact, this is what I want you guys to do too. I was actually on a little show um, just recently. As a matter of fact, tonight was actually the her first podcast episode. And she did a fantastic job for it being her very first podcast episode i want you to go on ahead and go to nicole modison's uh podcast and matter of fact she's actually an independent actress blogger she's a very talented young woman and she just made her first episode today a matter of fact her podcast is called pop culture madness so check it out we did a review on over the moon the new netflix animated movie so check that out 
I was also on Frenchie's channel the other night as well, talk about NHL jerseys for retro colors and stuff like that. Check that out at Schmoes of the North. Going ahead, you guys won't regret it. It was a blast talking about the jerseys and the retros that they're actually going to be using for this hockey season for throwbacks. And also, as well, you guys need to go on ahead and visit Hotel Nerd tomorrow night because I'm actually going to be on that uh, YouTube show. And we're going to be doing a little bit of Harry Potter. We're going to be talking about a little bit of Harry Potter and everything and just geeking out over that. So check that out. And then also, too, I'll be back on Monday. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a show tomorrow or not. But if I am, you're going to see a notification saying that I actually have a new episode out for you guys to actually watch. But if not, I'll be back on Monday because normally I take the weekends off. And then I'll have... Quentin Bennett on Monday doing the Weekend at Bernie's review. Sunday, I'm hoping that Mike Perkins, the other Mike Perkins, that I actually do the Sopranos, talking the Sopranos and stuff like that, will be on so that way we can actually do season three of the Sopranos. I've been having a blast just revisiting old Soprano episodes and seasons and just talking about that. But yeah, Quentin Bennett will be back on Monday. We'll be doing a Weekend at Bernie's review, so stay tuned for that. I'm not sure if it's going to be a YouTube live video or if it's just going to be an audio-only podcast. You're just going to have to stick around and find out. So, you guys can reach me on any podcasting platform. You can listen to this on any platform that you that's actually available for podcasting. Check it out. Also, too, guys, if you guys want to donate towards the show, feel free to do so. How do you do that? Go to the GoFundMe page. That's actually going to be in the show descriptions below where you can actually donate towards the show if you actually want to. We actually have a Patreon. We have a $10 tier right now for, well, actually a $5 tier for reviewing 1950s through 90s uh, classic movies. We're going to be doing that. Uh, And then we have a $10 tier for documentaries where we're going to be reviewing uh, documentary series. We're just probably going to do one episode of a documentary series, and then after that, it'll be uploaded into your email address, and then you'll be able to watch it and everything if you signed up for a $10 tier. Now, we do have a $20 tier where you can get both of those, plus a digital movie, plus a shout-out, and you can actually get a shout-out on the $5 tier and the $10 tier as well. So go on ahead, check that out. Another thing, too, guys, is... Rate my show. Tell me what you guys think about my show. Send in a voicemail message. I want this to be a community to where you guys can talk to me about movies. To where we can actually interact with each other. Another thing too is our YouTube channel is actually live. So guess what? You guys can join in on the conversation. It becomes part of a community. You guys can go on ahead and talk to us. Check us out at Movie Lovers Unite on YouTube. And I promise you guys, you guys won't be disappointed. And also, too, Rossi McCree was on the show with me. Like I mentioned before, we did our top 10 comedies. Check that out on the audio-only podcast and also on the YouTube channel as well. And always and until next time, guys, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. Have a good night. Stay safe. And always until next time, bye-bye.